Hey, yo, what's going on, fam? Thank you for liking it again. This is Clarity with TK Podcast. And you guys ain't ready for this next guest because he's a two times world memory champion. His name is Johannes Malo, a protagonist in the Netflix documentary Memory Games, which is now available on both Prime and Netflix. Now, look, I never thought that I'd have an opportunity to sit down with a world memory champion and not just once, but twice on my podcast. So, Thank you so much, Johannes, for coming on the show. Thank you very much, uh, TK, for inviting me here. I'm looking forward to that little talk, and maybe I can help you here a bit with your memory, or maybe you help me with something else. Let's see. Let's get to it, man. Let's get to it. So how did you get into this field? I mean, it's not the most common thing people do. Yeah, it's definitely not the most common thing. Actually, there are other competitions like the slapping in your face competitions, which are quite more so memory is something which I'm doing since 2003 already, so almost 20 years. And I watched a TV show back then, and there was a memory coach who trained a celebrity how to memorize a list of words. And she was known to be a little bit dumb, so that was her image. And uh, But she did it. She managed to memorize this list perfectly. And I thought, okay, if she can do it, I can do that too. And uh, then I went to the internet. There was already internet in 2003, and I did some research about all the techniques and then I just got it from there. So started, and there was an online ranking and that uh, motivated me to climb the ladder in this online ranking. And I came to the top number one spot in this online ranking after just three months. And then I went to a real life competition for the first time. Yeah, and since then I am addicted. So how does one briefly, just briefly, how does one train their memory I mean, aside from, you know, the usual stuff that we do in school, like memorizing courses and whatnot. So, I mean, proving is so easy because everyone who experienced them the first time or try them the first time, I also do some uh, trainings and coaching. So I just do that together with my clients. And then after one session, they are capable of memorizing 30 words because it's not a trick. It's really just a technique you need to use. and. People just don't know about this technique, but if everyone would know about these techniques and how to handle them and how to use them, everyone would be capable of memorizing 30 works in five minutes. So we know, yeah, this is no magic. This is just not, no one is using it. It's like everyone is crawling on the floor and instead of walking, standing up and walking. So it's, it's crazy. And uh, so it's out there, guys. You can look it up. So why don't people use these techniques? I mean, clearly they would make so many of our lives better. It is a very good question. I don't know why it's still not that well known. I mean, sometimes you see someone on TV or in, in the internet and YouTube or wherever that someone can have super skills. But right. I feel that people are kind of afraid thinking about mm. their memory because many people just say, oh, I can't remember that. I can't remember that. So. And I even don't try because I have all these devices around me, which help me like my smartphone and my laptop and everything. So actually you don't need that so much in daily life. Mm. You think you don't need that so much in daily life. So people just don't try. Thing is like for me, at least I see a direct use for memory techniques, which is in learning languages, right? Because when you're learning a language, it's okay to understand the grammar, but if you don't have the vocabulary that goes with it, you can fly with your own wings, let's say. Does that help you learn new languages and has that come in handy in that sense? Yeah, I mean, uh, languages is definitely one topic in which it is so helpful to use some memory techniques, building a basic knowledge of some vocabulary. But even for grammar rules, you can adapt techniques to learn some grammar rules for 
foreign language, you can do that. And for example, in Spanish, there are three different genders, like masculinum, uh, femininum, and neutrum. In, in German, we have that. Actually, right. in Spanish, there are just two. And these things are kind of difficult sometimes, but with memory techniques, it's easy to also learn that. But languages is just one very important topic, but it's also about your, I mean, your daily life. I, how often do you forget a name from someone you just met? You're, you're meeting three people, everyone is saying his or her name, and you just forgot all three after they just finished. And because you're saying your name three times and it was too, <laughs> uh, too much. So um, actually memory is everywhere and or you could use good memory everywhere, but uh, somehow we just don't do that. Right. Let's get to the juicy stuff. How do you personally train your memory on a daily basis? As I am a memory athlete, so someone who is going to competitions mm. and trying to improve there in the rankings, world rankings and so on, I have like kind of a workout every day for half an hour, maybe one hour. So it's not that much actually, but it's the regularity doing it again and again and again. So what I do is I just take a random list of words or random list of numbers and just try to memorize them as fast as I can. And now some people might say, okay, why should I memorize a 50 digit number or a 500 digit number? Uh, who needs that? Why should I do that? Yeah, but why are you running through the park or even worse, going into a fitness gym and just standing on such a, a device there and then just yeah. running on, on one spot? It's even more uh, crazy, I think. So it's about the training effect. It's not about the 50 digits. It's about doing something and uh, training the technique. So this is, has the same right to exist like 100 meters running because no one needs to run 100 meters as fast as you can. I maybe have a tight shopping list, but that doesn't make, make too much sense though. I've always heard that the brain is just another muscle and it's gotta be trained just like the rest of the body, right? And what you're saying is just like you putting the effort to go for a 20, 30 minute run every day, you should do the same to your brain, right? Exactly, and I mean, you can train memory techniques or memory sports for that. You can also do other stuff like, I don't know, Sudoku or whatever it is. So there are a lot of stuff, but important is that you do something because without doing something, I think your brain just, it's like use it or lose it. <laughs> That's it. Okay, so practically speaking, aside from what you just said, which is memorize a series of numbers as fast as you can every day, what other techniques would you recommend everyday people like myself should use? The technique you use or everyone could use is the memory palace method. I think that's the most famous method here. Uh, so you can also look it up, memory palace method. And it's already there since 2000 years, more than 2000 years. The ancient Greeks and wow. poets were giving their free speeches without having any note using this memory palace technique. So it's already very old and uh, this is so powerful and everyone can use it. And I can go into a bit more detail here how it works, but this is the way to go, Memory Palace. Can you, can you briefly get into sure. the details and just break it down? Sure, so the Memory Palace means it's not a palace, except you are the Queen of England. Otherwise you might uh, be in your apartment, that's your palace. <laughs> and, um, and what you do is you create the path a specific way through your apartment by stopping at specific points. So let's make it an example here. So you enter your apartment. It's the front door is point number one, location number one. Then you go inside and maybe to the left there is, I don't know, the shoe board. This is uh, number two. Then you go along the wall and then there is maybe a big picture on the wall. This is number three. And 
what you do is you go through all your apartment and um, yeah, just say, okay, this is number one, two, three, four, and so on until maybe 20, 30, depending how big you are living. And these locations are your tools to memorize new stuff. So for example, a shopping list is the easiest one. Um, you wanna buy bananas. So imagine that instead of having a doorknob, you have a banana you're pushing down when you enter your apartment. Hmm. Then uh, the second thing might be you want to buy eggs. And then in the shoe board, all the shoes, there's all old eggs over the store. So it's really smelly there. It's uh, disgusting. And then there's this big picture on the wall. And then you might buy, you want to buy beer. So you, you imagine this picture was painted with beer instead of uh, something else. And then when you're in the supermarket, you just go through your apartment in your head. Like, okay, on the front door, ah, there was a banana. It's a doorknob. Then the shoe board, there were the eggs. And on the picture that was painted with beer. So you connect the items you want to learn with your locations at home, which you have prepared beforehand. Okay, interesting. So is this really effective when you're thinking about these things? Do they become like second nature because you've matched like a number with each location? Is it like with time, with practice, it becomes easy to remember? Or is it something that's always a struggle? Because I'm thinking about it right now and I'm thinking that takes a lot of effort, at least initially. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course it takes effort. I mean, if you want to play the violin, it takes effort to learn it, right? right. So um, actually, it's not that difficult because you know your apartment already very well. Mm. We could right now on spot create a walk through your apartment without even standing up here. So yeah, because you know your apartment, the door, then something else, I don't know. And so you could create 20 locations on spot right now and you right. don't have to memorize it. I mean, you still know where's the refrigerator, I hope. So <laughs> that's it. You already know that stuff, but you have to structure it a bit. And that structuring process is a saying, okay, this is number one, two, three, and having a walk through your apartment, not just going like crazy, but just going in a clear aura through all these items. And the second step, connecting the items you want to learn to the first locations. That's actually the thing where everyone is surprised when they do that for the first time because they feel, wow, I just memorized 20 items. I mean, you create this memory palace, then you just make funny connections. As I mentioned, my three things here. And after that, your brain is still capable of recalling them because you just created funny stories about all of them. You imagine them, you're visualizing them, and then your brain is just doing the rest for you. Uh, you don't even have to um, push yourself uh, memorizing it. You just create stories and you remember these stories because they are funny and crazy or whatever. No. Well, I have to ask you this because, for instance, my wife is someone who forgets things all the time. Is this something that's easier for certain people more than others? Or do you think these techniques work for literally everyone? I'm convinced that this technique, these techniques work for literally everyone. I think there might be exceptions. I can't speak for some uh, rare disease like Alzheimer or anything like right. that. So, but for everyone else, they would definitely work. For some, of course, a bit better than for others, but everyone would improve with that. And this issue which your wife has that she's forgetting all over the place things. Actually, I also forget a lot of things because sometimes I'm just not being aware enough of these things. So getting into your apartment, you're putting your car key somewhere, uh, just without thinking about it. And then after a half an hour, you're searching for your car keys because you can't find them anymore. You maybe have put them into the refrigerator. You, so because you're not aware, um, you're just, we are so often just with our thoughts somewhere else, but not in the moment. And I think that's 
something what affects memory. Okay, that's super interesting. Well, I don't know if you can answer this one, but can you explain why some people have it easy with memorizing things? For instance, I think about my dad and my dad has a great memory. It's like he's really, really quick to memorize anything and he doesn't use any technique, like not that I know of anyway. And so how do you explain that? Is there like a scientific research or anything about that that explains why some people have it easier than others? So I could come up with some, some theories here for that. For example, I don't know you that, but does he has also a good general knowledge, for example? Yes, he does. Yeah. 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 And this is, um, I think this is a big factor because of course he's not using memory techniques intentionally, but he might connect things to his general knowledge somehow. So he knows that and this is somehow related to something new. So it's easier for him to, uh, to remember it because it's connected. It's not just isolated new fact he learns. But it's uh, it, he connects it. He connects the dots, and uh, that's actually like uh, using a memory palace because you're connecting things to each other. Right. And someone with a good and a general knowledge, I have seen that quite often. They have it easier to create new memories and connect them to the old ones without intentionally doing something here. But I think that's a fact. Wow, crazy! So, have you, in your experience, seen any correlation between? your, you know, your, the improvements in your memory and other mental illnesses. So I think one thing is I am able to focus when I want to much better right now, because if you are, when you're going to into this memory sports and you might sit down for half an hour memorizing right. just numbers, it's like a meditative state you are in then. You're just doing that one thing. And you're going to the next location, connecting these things, going to the next location. So it's really something what I yeah, got some benefit from in terms of getting myself a bit more calm and relaxed. That's one thing. And the other thing what I feel is that my creativity has become better. Because mm. since you always have to create some stories like the banana, the donut, you have to right. come up with something new. You have to break the borders. You have to do something which is not normal and try to use your fantasy again. So like a child. And this gives you the opportunity to connect even things to each other which are not connected on the first land, like for a brainstorming session. So it's so easy for me to see things which are kind of related to other topics. It just pops up. So my creativity and my connecting things to each other, capability, ability, that has improved, I guess. Incredible. How about other mental diseases? Do you think it helps with anxiety? Because I do have anxiety. I've had depression for a short period of time in my life before, but I did. Do you think having a trained brain, let's say, helps overcome these illnesses better? I'm also dealing with depressions. It was worse, way worse years ago. So nowadays it's sometimes there, sometimes not. It's way better, but it's sometimes you have these days, which is not just bad feeling, but a bit of depression again. So I know what, you talk, what, what you're talking about here. So the thing is, I think that memory training or memory sports not specifically helps you with depressions, for example, but finding someone, something, what you like to do, what you love to do, whatever it is, it doesn't have to be memory sports or anything, but finding something where you can stop thinking and just doing that, I think that might have an effect on things like anxiety, depression, because anxiety, depression is always like, your brain is running crazy because you're thinking about everything and you're just jumping right. from one topic to the next, to the next, to the next and stopping that process. I think that's important. And 
I guess that um, memory training is one possibility to do, to do that. But you could also play chess maybe, so it's not specific to memory sports. Got it, got it. Now, I'm thinking about, you know, those people who can memorize, and I'm sure you're one of them, uh, can memorize a whole book. And you could tell them page 136, and they would tell you, you know, the beginning of the page or tell you what's in the page. And I find that extremely fascinating. I'm pretty sure, maybe I'm wrong, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it takes more than a memory palace to get to that level. What does it take to get to that level? Hmm. So first of all, it, it needs more than one memory palace. So uh, okay. let's say the basic stuff, let's say you have 20 locations in your apartment. This is one memory palace. I have an overall of 2000 locations, single locations, so like door, to board, this is one location next. So I have more than 2000. That's the first thing. So the memory palace method is definitely also the thing to go, even if you're going to memorize a whole book, but you need more locations, more palaces. Second thing is that you, of course, need some experience, how to memorize a text or a poem at all. So I wouldn't recommend just going through your city, creating 2000 locations and start memorizing a book because it will not work out because you don't know how it works for you, how often you have to review and so on. So this is, I think, experience, memory palace method, and also like something like story message, just creating stories by connecting them to, to each other. Yeah, in general, it's a matter of, of the amount of time you spend into your development of the strategies. I see. Well, it's fascinating. And what has always fascinated me as well was the fact that, you know, I look at musicians and singers, for that matter, who memorize like a whole album of songs and there are a lot of words in there, right? So obviously I always start somewhere that comes from practice because you're practicing the song over and over again. But obviously the first time you're doing it based on very little practice. The other fascinating thing is that in some religions, in Islam, for instance, there are people who memorize the whole book, like literally from beginning to the end. I find that like really wild. I find that mind boggling. I don't, I can't even fathom how people do that. So my question is, how do you reckon should people like start working on those things to get to that level? In the first thing, setting your goal is, is always important because you want to do something for a specific reason. You need motivation. If you want to go that way, you need to say, okay, I want to do that. That would be cool. And uh, then you just have to get in touch with the basic memory stuff, like the memory palace technique and give it a try. Uh, see that it works. That's important. Just getting the feeling, wow, that worked. This, this initial feeling is already nice. And then you need to do something on your regular, your regular basis. That's, I mean, you can brush your teeth for two hours once a month, but it doesn't affect uh, the teeth as good as it would be every day just for three minutes, right? So um, that's it. And you need to do that more than two weeks or three weeks because people tend to start something. They try it for two or three weeks. They feel, okay, kind of good, but somehow I'm not pro uh, progressing here. You need to, yeah, do that for a while. For example, my mother, uh, she uh, was also participating in a memory competition and she was training for like half a year every day, um, like one or two hours. And in the end, she was capable of memorizing six, uh, 80 digits, a 80 digit number in five minutes. And, uh, and she's also, I mean, she's already uh, 65 now, so um, it's possible in every age, but it's all about 
getting a routine here and uh, reading about these techniques. Interesting. Are there any other techniques as the memory palace day you would recommend? Yeah, so the so-called linking method or also called story method, like you're just connecting things to each other without any palace. Then there's also the keyword method, keyword method for learning a vocabulary, for example. Okay. So what you do is like, let's take the Spanish word casa, means house. And um, if you don't know that, you just read casa and you have to make something up which sounds similar to that word or which is spelled similar. Could be like case, for example. Right. And then you have to connect this, this replacement, this case with the meaning of the word. So house, so there's maybe a cold case in the house. Okay. And then next time when you read casa, you see, ah, there's a case. Ah, this was a case, a cold case in the house. And then you have the connection. So you would create a keyword uh, which helps you remember of the meaning of the original word. That's pretty incredible because I speak six languages and I've never used any of these techniques. But one of the, you know, the techniques that always came naturally to me was this exact thing that you're saying. I connect words to, you know, other languages that I know. And so it doesn't even have to be my native language. It can be any other language that I speak. It's like, like you said, if I'm learning Spanish, then my go-to would be Italian, for example, because I learned Italian before I learned Spanish. But sometimes the words don't mean necessarily the same thing. They just have the same base or the same sound. And I used to connect them like that in my, in my head. And it helped me memorize like lots of vocabulary. So I didn't even know that was a, a technique, but I couldn't agree more. That helps a whole lot. And I remember even talking to friends who were trying to learn English um, and who were asking me, like, how did you learn our language, like Spanish or French or whatever? And I'd be like, well, I use this thing and I connect like every word to something that I already knew from before. And that helps me picture something. And even now, like with like years of practice of these languages, living in countries where these languages are practiced, when I see some a word that I learned like in a funny way like this, I connect it to the original word. Me like it's an inside joke. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah, yeah. Because everything is then somehow connected to each other. All these the different languages and uh, words you memorized earlier, and then it's connected to the new one. That's also what I mentioned when I said the general knowledge thing. That also goes for languages. If you're good at languages, and I feel that the first language, first, second language is the hardest one, but the second one might be already a bit easier because you can have more connections, more things you can connect to each other. And yeah, I feel that many people just unconsciousness do some things like that. Mm -hmm. um, and now it has a name for you. So it's a keyword method you're using. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. And like you said, it's true that, you know, for instance, uh, in Spanish language, there are a lot of words with or with Arabic origin. And so since I do speak Arabic, when I look at a language, like um, when I look at a word in Spanish, I'm like, oh, that sounds like this in Arabic. And then I realized that it was just uh, a different pronunciation, but it's basically the same word. It means the exact same thing. And even in French and in English, like a giraffe is, uh, is, is a word that's pretty much the same in Arabic, for example. You know what I mean? And so, yeah. And I have a question for you. So are you good in remembering names? Yeah, yeah, that's that's something I have no problem. Yeah, I was sure that you don't have any problem with that because <laughs> the basic is 
languages and uh, i have seen that so often people who are good with languages who speak several languages maybe they are way better in remembering names because names are actually just words from different languages right right so, uh, I, that's exactly what i say like when i meet people i'm like yeah but it's just a name is just another word for me so it doesn't surprise me as something hard to remember yeah and that's you see true. the connections you see the there's sometimes some names are difficult but there's always some kind of root or basic basis in this name and you right. just connect it right and uh, yeah, yeah that's uh, that's one way how to improve your memory yeah learning a new language i mean it's a lot of effort to just memorizing names this year but that's one way to to get better at that yeah. true 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 and when the pandemic hit i tried to pick up chinese so i picked up a book and i never got around to it because i had so many projects on the side so i didn't get the time to do it or that's what i keep telling myself at least but in reality i saw like you know in written chinese there are so many words that are written in a way that they look like the thing they represent so for instance a house looks a little bit like a house yeah yeah i memorized like a couple of hundreds characters by myself and actually it's already four or five years ago and at some point unfortunately i stopped it but memorizing these characters was fun one uh, reason for that was because you really see it sometimes and if you take a closer look where the character is coming from it's just great and then you have in the man is like this tent thing this right 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 yes and a woman is i think with a horizontal bar somewhere so it, it's really if you start with the basic stuff then you can really build up on that it's like legal speaking is a different story but yeah. it's also possible to learn they have these four different tones which are important like uh, going up like ma or ma or ma i think the last one is just short and this is the difficulty because it's all ma but it has a different meaning one right. means mom the other one means horse and it's of course obviously a bit tricky right tricky if you uh, mix it up <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> right, what right. about your horse um, my horse what the horse <laughs> right. <laughs> right 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 that's that's actually one of the things that you can't learn in a book like they tried to explain it i remember i read like a few pages and they tried to explain it and well i was like okay i'm pretty sure you need to practice a lot yeah but actually i also figured out a nice method for that uh, with a memory palace to distinguish between those because what i would do is i would just put all words with tone number one in memory palace number one like the horse is in my apartment every was tone number two i would put maybe in in the shopping mall so my mother would be in the shopping mall and then where i would exactly know okay mother means ma in the shopping mall is the second tone so it's ma right yeah it's That's a bit yeah. maybe it's a bit uh, too tricky if you're not so familiar with memory palace it's super interesting i think i'm definitely gonna practice it i'm gonna start with 20 30 maybe items how can i practice this without a shopping list without going shopping how can i practice this like at home so uh, first thing i hope your wife will not call me and blame me because you forgot it <laughs> uh, but um, without the shopping list i mean you can use that for everything else too you can of course just memorize random words to just have the train the basic thing is create a memory palace and not just 20 locations but let's say 100. how long does it, it take to build like 100. it's easier than you think because you know already 100 locations because you know your apartment this is 20 maybe 30. you know maybe you are a friend's house this is the next 30 locations and you might know your workspace this is the next 30 locations so you have up to 90 already 
Mm -hmm. So that's easy. You can do that in an afternoon, just writing it down. That was my next question. Do you have to write down? In the beginning, I would prefer, well, I would recommend to write it down because in the beginning, you will not trust your memory. That's also one problem. You will just not trust yourself. So you write it down and then you can check. So I would recommend writing it down in the first place, but then try to go through all your locations without uh, looking on the list. Just close your eyes and say, okay, door, the shoe board, and then picture, and then you can use these locations like we did. For example, I can ask you right now, what was on the picture? You know that still? Yeah, beer. Yeah, of course. And you will still know that already tomorrow. So that's the cool thing. And, and then you can train with this palace by memorizing random words, but you can also do that or use it for, let's giving a speech or going to a job interview to an important talk you will have in the future. You want to bring up some specific points you want to talk about. You don't want to forget about these things without taking a look on your notes all the time. Right. So you use your memory palace for that. So, and then in the end, you would stand in front of the audience or um, to your new employer and you would walk through your memory palace in your head while recalling these important points you want to talk about. And that's so impressive because people are not used to that, that you mm. are really capable of getting things straight out of your mouth. Always it's like jumping around, but this could be really something else. And, or for example, you're talking to someone like me today, I'm giving a monologue, but of course in this situation, it might be okay. Uh, anyway, so um, sometimes I, when I talk to people, they tend to just talk and they talk and they talk and they want to give you their opinion on a specific topic and they bring up some points and you want to, you feel like I want to jump in here. I want to interrupt and say something to that. But on the other hand, you want to be kind and wait. So what I do is I memorize important keywords from his monologue in my memory palace. And then I would say, okay, after 10 minutes, okay, first thing you said was that I want to answer to that point first. And then you talk about that. Then second thing was that, okay, I want to talk about that. That's uh, like, you don't even need arguments anymore because you, the other one is so impressed <laughs> and you don't need to uh, convince someone else. They are so impressed because you can recall all, all of that, what you said. It must be one of those techniques that stand-up comedians use too, because that's something I also find impressive or people who do theater, they're on stage for like, you know, a whole hour, an hour and a half, and they're talking and talking and talking. And you're like, how did you memorize all that? You know, and I honestly dread that. Like at some point in my life, I wanted to get into acting, right? Like movie acting. So it's a lot easier than, than on stage and theater acting, but you still have to memorize your lines, right? Like when you go for an audition or anything, you have to memorize your lines and you have to then act them. And I always dreaded that part. Yeah, I think strategies like that would definitely work here. And what I feel actors, especially in the theater, what they have just by nature, they have a, they have a story in their mind they're following, right? So it's not just, just a random text. It's something which has meaning to them. There's a story behind it. Mm. And, uh, and that's the key here because things we are giving a meaning to it. Of course, it's easier to remember, but if you just learn a line, which doesn't bother you at all, it's hard to remember. But if it's uh, interesting and it's a story and something what, what you just like, or maybe also hate, then it's uh, something you re might remember. So that's it. So link uh, your emotions to the words exactly. that you're reading. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right, right, right. Emotion is just a huge factor in terms of memory. Really? Uh, so yeah, of sense. course, when you go back through your life, there are a lot of moments you remember, and it's most likely that there are a lot of emotional moments too. And these moments, they make us such a big impression 
on you and you got emotional, you got angry, you got scared, you got very happy. And these things that it's so easy to our brain. And that's also kind of a technique to use emotions in your, your stories you create. Like, as I said, there was the X and the shoeboard game. It's disgusting. I hate it. So I just kind of try to build in my own emotions. I feel myself walking there, smelling that, and it's, ah, it's ugly. I try to create emotions around my stories, which I just try to imagine. And I mean, that works well when you're watching movies, you've got emotions. Absolutely. And yes, using that imagination to create those emotions is the key to linking those emotions to actual words or sentences or text. Exactly. Absolutely, man. Well, this is really impressive and all these techniques will come in handy for the rest of my life. So thank you so much for coming on the show and for sharing all these techniques and for helping me understand how memory works. Yeah, you're welcome. And I mean, this might be just the beginning for your memory career. <laughs> and uh, thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure of mine. And well, I wish you nothing but great success in your future championships and World Series. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to talk to you. And for your audience, if you want to get in touch with me, just check out my website, maybe johannes-melo.com and send me a message. So yeah, it was really nice talking to you. And hopefully we'll talk again. For sure, man. Oh, and there you have it, guys. Johannes Mallo. You can find him on johannes Mallow. Yeah, Mallow.com. Right. Thank you for tuning in. And until next time.